from Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Ardeth Albee, a B2B marketing strategist, CEO of Marketing Interactions. Ardeth, it's really nice to have you on. Great to be here, Brad. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. So tell me a bit about yourself and what you're up to. Yeah, so the last year I kind of spent working for a client as interim VP of marketing and I'm transitioning back to consulting, which is really what I've been doing for the last 15 years and mostly building personas and content marketing strategies and helping my um, B2B clients engage their buyers and customers better. So. Nice. I love it. So what? tell me about the B2B marketing space. Obviously, it's different than consumer marketing and all this. Could you describe that space a little bit for, for those listening? I read these posts all the time where people want to say B2C and B2B is all the same because you're still marketing to humans. And I'm kind of like, yeah, but not really. So in B2B, they're spending somebody else's money. In B2B, it's about the overall business helping it. Whatever they buy has to help the business achieve its objectives, which are either growing revenues or reducing costs generally in some form or another. When you're a consumer purchasing something, it's a lot more personal, if you will. It affects your lifestyle and things like that. When you are buying something in B2B, you're first of all, it's affecting your professional career, right? Is this going to help advance your career? Is it going to be a mistake that sets you back? Is it going to work out? It is different. And the other thing is, as a B2B buyer, you're not buying by yourself. There's a group of stakeholders in different roles. And uh, so you have to talk to everybody about their perspective involved in the purchase And it's so much easier to stick with status quo the way you do it now than to enroll a bunch of people in change. As a consumer, if you buy something, you're changing yourself or maybe your family, you know, kids, but not an organization where everybody has their own agendas and that kind of thing going on. So it's quite different, even though we're all human, (laughs) it's still a different purchase. And they're usually... Most of the companies I work with, it's usually a quite a considered sale. So expensive mm. technology solutions, that kind of thing. It's not like, let me whip out my credit card and, and buy something. So it's quite yeah. a different commitment level and it takes a long time. There's huge differences, I think, in engaging B2B buyers. Yeah, I love that. I love that description of it and kind of background. And so let's look at this past year. Obviously, it's been crazy year for everybody. And then headed into 2021, I I think the future is looking pretty bright and people are really excited about different things. What are some of the major shifts that you've seen in B2B marketing? How have companies tended to respond to everything that's happened? And then what do you see ahead for the future there? Yeah, lots of changes. And I think what happened when COVID hit Everything went remote. So the digital experience was even more emphasized. And this preference that B2B buyers have for self-education and not involving vendors just expanded itself 
we were all working from home, so we weren't in the office. And so digital experience became much more important. But what it also did was it amplified the need for marketing to not just be filling the top of the funnel with offers on generating leads as form completions, but to really be able to engage across the entirety of the buying process and help sales get in conversations better and have content to use to back up their conversations or even incite them. So there's that. But I think ultimately the other big challenge that happened was empathy. And I don't know about you, but all of a sudden after COVID started, my inbox was full of emails that said, we're hoping you're okay. And this empathetic statement of some kind. And then in the very next sentence, my company sells X and I'd like to schedule 15 minutes to give you a demo. And it's kind of like, why did you bother with the first sentence at all? And so what we had to learn was you have to put your money where your mouth is. If you're going to be empathetic, you need to be empathetic all the way through. What marketers are starting to see is it is imperative that they get to know their buyers, their customers, their audiences. And it's not good enough anymore to just say, oh, this is the VP of whatever department. So he's my target market. I'm going to send him this message without thinking about what's the impact, what's changed for them. It was really interesting. Last year, I came across this conversation going on on LinkedIn and It was somebody had asked the question to, hey, all you VPs of sales out there, what's changed for you? What do you want to hear from a vendor on that kind of thing? And a bunch of them jumped in and started typing in comments and then conversations with each other. And basically it was like, okay, my whole buying process has changed. I'm not sure how it works. What I need to know is what impact am I going to get now? But so how does that compound to a longer term impact? And what does that look like for me? How are you going to help me meet my revenue this year when everything's gone sideways? What are you going to do to help me make my numbers? There were all kinds of statements like that. Don't tell me about your product. Tell me about how your product helps me, which is all Hmm. the kind of stuff that consultants like me have been saying for years. You know, nobody cares about your products. You got to talk about what are they going to get? What's the outcome that's coming? But it's also this need for a better experience across the board. It really means that the digital experiences your buyers have from marketing generated content through the website, through email campaigns, whatever, webinars, need to transition smoothly into the conversations that are being had with sales. It's no longer good enough for the sales rep to get involved and say, okay, so tell me who you are, about your company, what are you interested in? Heck, we know all that. We've been watching them engage with our stuff all along. We can set our sales reps up better than that. I think it's just this need for taking, as I call it, this continuum approach to buying and customers. You're seeing it starting to happen now with what they're calling revenue operations or RevOps and connecting marketing sales and success together to make this fluid continuum across the buying to customer experience. I think companies are scrambling to try and keep up. Totally. Yeah, that's awesome perspective. And what are you excited about for this year? So as the year changes and as it's evolved, what do you see for the future of companies starting to do come spring, summer, even fall and all that? Yeah, well, I'm I'm seeing a, a resurgence in this interest to get to know 
buyers better and to create more relevant marketing. And so I'm getting ready to do a bunch of workshops for clients to teach mm. their global marketing teams. What does this really mean? What needs to change? Building it all around the content they have and pointing out how it could be different based on the audiences and personas that they're engaging. So I'm getting ready to do a lot of that work. Really, I think it's about not only focusing on experience, but the outcomes from experience. My friend, Matt Sweezy, I don't know if you know him. He works for Salesforce as a director of strategy, I think something, some kind of title like that. But anyways, he's been doing a lot of work lately around the problem with experience is that we've just focused on, we need to create them. And he's saying, well, what's missing is we need to understand what outcome they are helping to achieve. So if you create the best experience in the world, but your audience doesn't get a takeaway from it, did it really happen? You know, it's kind of like, did the tree fall in the forest? So yeah. we need to take it a bit farther and, and really look at, okay, we're creating this experience, but what is the outcome of that for my buyer or my customer? What task did I help them complete? What, what benefit or value did they get from this engagement? Totally. All right. So let's pivot a little bit. I love those perspectives of past year, what you see for the year ahead. Let's now pivot and look at the full breadth of your experience in marketing. And obviously you have tons of experience. You've probably been there, seen it all, done it all and all that. And out of that, what key advice would you pull for, for those listening that are maybe newer to marketing or in the B2B marketing space and want to improve? What are some key pieces of advice that you give to those listeners? So Brad, that's a great question. I think it's still so important that the number one thing we do is get to know our industry, our buyers. The thing is, it's not just one and done. It's not like you go out today and do all this research. You talk to a few customers, you go, okay, I got a real handle on this. Well, by two weeks from now, it, their answers to your questions could be different. And so it's this continuous understanding of what's going on. And then once you really understand them, as trends happen within their industry or the market, you're able to say, okay, well, I think my buyers might pivot in this direction and then maybe do a, a little bit of research to find out. But the other thing that I find that marketers quite often never do is sit down and talk to their sales team. Hmm. I mean, their salespeople are out there talking to buyers every single day. And before everything went remote, I used to listen to my clients' salespeople's recorded calls because I could hear what the buyers were asking them and how they were responding. And I could figure out if we needed to position differently or if there was, we were using the right words. One of the things about relevance is use the words your buyers use because they'll relate to those words instead of using all this big jargony stuff that we we do a lot to sound more important. And my favorite example of that is I find the word leverage used all over the place. Why can't we just <laughs> say use? Why does it have to be leverage? Use this thing to do something. So it's figuring out the right language to use. And I think there's a lot to be said about the humanness of marketing, even in B2B, we are still talking to people. So we need to figure out 
how to talk to them in a way that's engaging. Gartner has done a ton of research and what they're finding out is your buyers are just overwhelmed. And it used to be, I remember when I started in this business, it was really easy to make a big impression with good content because all the content out there was really bad. And now buyers say, most of them say, yeah, we find a bunch of high quality content for researching and purchase, but there's too much of it. And we find mm-hmm. content from this vendor that disagrees with content from this vendor. Which one are we supposed to believe? And mm. they can't reconcile. They're spending a ton of time now trying to reconcile these different points of view. And so if we can help them sort through the content and understand why a vendor may have said it one way, but you've your company said it a different way, if you can explain that in a way that makes sense, it helps them deconflict that information so they can move forward. And so it's all about how do we have better experiences that help advance deals forward. So we need to think about, I think a lot of marketers still think about, I need to get this white paper out the door or this blog post on the blog or whatever. And they think about it as one off, just one piece of content. I just got to get these done. Instead, what we need to think about is what comes next? What impact is it going to have on the buyer? What's the takeaway they're going to get? And given that, Their context is now shifted, even if only just a little bit. So Mm. what does that next piece of content that you offer them, where does that take up from, given that little shift that happened from the last thing they engaged in? We really need to think about how are we fitting all this stuff together? How is it all working together towards the end goal, which is them becoming a customer or buying your product, whatever, um, or renewing? So renewals and expansion deals are huge right now. So deal with the customers you already have. Totally. Yeah, I love that advice. So how do you help a, a customer sort through all this content? And what do you do as a B2B marketer? Do you produce the high quality content? Do you act in a more consultative approach, what are some strategies to kind of solve that issue of just too much content being out there? A lot of what I do comes from building the personas. And if you build them correctly, that gives you a base point to start from. And so one of the things that comes out of the process I have when I build personas is what are the questions that your buyers are going to ask at each step along the way? And then you need to do a content audit, right? And you say, okay, given this piece of content, which persona does it talk to? What are they going to get out of it? What question would this content answer for them? Mm. And what would be the takeaway they'd get? If you can't answer those questions about the content, then one, it either needs to be revised, two, archived and put away and replaced. But what you're trying to do is figure out, okay, if they've, first start out, it's like, why should I care? Why should this matter to me? You know, what would happen if I don't change or I don't do anything? And then once they get the picture of that and they go, oh, this could be really bad if I don't fix it. Then they say, okay, wait a minute. What are people like me, other companies like me doing? What are they getting out of this? What's the value exchange? Oh, well, that's worth doing. What options should I look at? You know what I mean? So you can see that there's this progression. They're not going to say, what options should I look at if they haven't decided why should I care? So you can almost take questions and help and see the progression happen, which helps you put your content together in a way that helps them flow. And it's not about linear stuff. 
It's about what happens when our context shifts, right? Some people mm. may not need to know the answers to some of the questions, but others will want to know all of that. And so the better you understand what kinds of people you're dealing with and what they need to know, the better off you'll be. But it's also having the content available for those who want it, but not trying to figure out how to create an experience for them where they can choose their own adventure because the different pieces of the puzzle are there and let them pick the way they want to go with this. And so even if you are sending out nurture emails, if they click through on the content, they read they can see that article, but then they also see maybe what's next, what was the step before that. So they have choices and they can modify as they go. But I just think we need to do a much better job of creating engagement. And we need to understand, did they read enough of the content, spend enough time on that page to read that content and get value out of it? Or did they click and look and go, yeah, not what I'm looking for. Let me click this other thing over here. Because Mm -hmm. all clicks aren't created equal. So I look at scoring, for example, the scoring programs that marketers set up. And it's like, if they click three times on my website, give them 15 points or something. (laughs) But yet it's not really predicated on what did they click on? Did the clicks advance their thinking or were they just wandering around aimlessly? We just have to be a lot smarter about this. And then I think... The other thing that I would caution about a little bit is intent data. A lot of marketers are very bullish on intent data because they think it's an easy button, right? They're going to see intent scores that say, this account is in market and they're really, their intent score is high. So they're really determined to buy this thing. And, but you have to look at what does that mean? What are they engaging with? at your company? How is that moving forward? How many people from the company or account are engaging with you? And so you need to temper that engagement score with, well, what kinds of content are they reading? Because they may show up at your website and and read a bunch, because they like your blog, they read a bunch of blog posts. That engagement with your website will boost their intent score, at least their personal intent score. But is it really an intent to buy? Or is it Mm. just an intent to learn more from your blog? And so we need to be a bit smarter about how we're looking at the data and data, I don't think can replace human evaluation of what's going on. Totally. Yeah. I can't agree more. So it's been awesome to have you on this podcast and I I really appreciate you sharing all your advice here. Any last words of wisdom at all for the audience before we run? Just do whatever you can to not devolve back into product speak. There's a point at which if you're engaging a technical user, they want to know about the product, but they also want to know what do they get? What are the outcomes? What can they do with it? How is it going to impact their business? And the other thing to think about is how do you help people change? How do you help them embrace change when it's so easy to get up and go to work every day and do what they've always done? If it wasn't somehow working for them, they would have fixed it long ago. So what makes it such a big deal for them to change today? And so the more we can help people process that kind of transition, the better off we're going to be. And I think content, content marketing, content strategy can all impact that if we know our audiences well enough to figure that out. Totally. Love it. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining. This is awesome. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Totally.